take your Bibles as we continue to pray, because my heart is not just to have a prayer time, but a prayer week. And I know, without a doubt, that the devil is fighting, the devil will fight, and the devil will show up Saturday as much as we're planning to show up Saturday. I can't, I can't tell you guys how much we agitate the devil, not, not just in the message that we're preaching. We agitate the devil just in the unity of the church coming together to do something like this. You think about how many people have to work in unison. You talk about the body of Christ. You think about us as the body of Christ. You have so many different people all working in unison around all the way from Nathan and Ashley, baby boy being on the stage all, all the way up to the people in the hallway or people out in the parking lot parking a car. I mean, I mean, the devil looks back and says, man, I can't stand the unity that they have. But I, I want the church to be working like a fine-oiled machine this coming Saturday night. I mean, where we're coming together, and all some of you have already done this, where you've posted and got excited and said, I can't wait for Saturday. Let me tell you, from my heart as your pastor, I can't wait for Saturday. And it's not just because we're doing a play, we get to see our labor in action. I'm excited because we get to walk smack into the face of the devil and just say, you're not welcome here. Quit picking on our kids. Quit picking on our community. We're going we're gonna to pray the devil out the door and then invite people up and then lift up the cross. What's not to get excited about? And, and I just love the fact and I mean this with all my heart, that I get to do it with you guys. I get to serve and to do the most exciting thing in the world is I get to tell people about Jesus. Here's an important aspect of this, and we're going to look at Ezra chapter 8. Ezra chapter 8. Talked about this morning about the church of Laodicea, and, and not that we talked on that part about the, the, the Lord knocking at the door of our heart, and how desperately God... He's seeking us for a relationship. How he said, I, I want to come in and sit down and have a relationship and, 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 and sup with you and, and me with you and you with me is what the Bible said. It's that two-way intimate God wants to be with me relationship. But I want to tell you what hinders that relationship. And I know I kind of went around it this morning as we talked about how if any man will open the door, hear my voice and open the doors, what the Bible says. But let, let's talk a little bit on, on, on what gets in the way, which I've already said it. It's us. In Ezra chapter 8, verse 21, Ezra is leading these people on this journey. And he goes before the king and he says, I don't want any men. I don't want any protection. I want any. And they're like, whoa, you crazy? How, how are you going to make it without the protection, the force, the power, the might of what we have to offer you? Well, let me show you what his thinking was in Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. I want to draw the parallel to us as a church. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that I might afflict ourselves before our God. Here's the reason. To seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all of our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we have spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. 
How many of you would love to be able to walk in here and say, if there's one thing we can say, and I know I'm talking about the pageant, because I mean, it's, it's six days away, and, and I mean, on this very night, on this very stage, six nights, or six nights from now, we'll, we'll be doing the, the, this fight against the devil, and I know that, so the application, but the application can fall in any way. But I'd love to know that what I do as a pastor, I'm, I'm going to be transparent, I would love to know. As I walk into church and I grab my Bible and my notes and I stand here with a mic on my head and I look across the face of a congregation, you know what I would love more than anything? To know that the hand of God was upon me with what I was doing. I don't want to just go through the motion. I don't want to know that I can tap into the power of God Almighty to face the opposition, to provide for what my church family needs, and to be able to get everything that we need lined up and know that I can't do it in myself. And Ezra said, you know why we're going to do this? Because I want to know that it wasn't man, it wasn't an army, it wasn't any of those things. But I sought the hand of God to be upon me. You know why we don't see great things happen today? Because we do the motions of things, but we do it without the hand of God being upon us. And when I say that, I, and, I'm, I'm done, and I know the physical illustration here is I, I, I envision that God's hands coming in and, and his power being upon him. But I mean, it's actually the spirit of God working through us to where everything just works and works. And I tell you, even if we made the biggest mess out of it, that the spirit of God just, just affects people's lives and, and, and people are open their eyes and that, that hard shell of rebellion against God and all those other things that happened all over the sanctuary. Just kind of drift away and fall apart from the hand of God. And he said this. The hand of God upon all them for good that seek him. But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. Notice verse 23. So we fasted and besought our God for this. And he entreated us. As he's planning this journey... He was telling it, and now we think the opposite. Honestly, if we were doing a journey like that, you know what I would be saying, guys, we need to make sure that we have as much energy as possible. We need to get our carbs. We need to get our energy. We need to get this and all that other stuff. And what he was doing, he said, man, what if we stripped all that away and all we had left was God, that's all we need is God. And I'm, I'm telling you, if we were to take that illustration of what we're doing and say, if, if we didn't have all this, if the light board fails... If the sound never turns on, if, if, if the heat goes out and it's freezing cold in here and all these things that go on, I, I want to know that the Spirit of God shows up more than any of those things show up. And to know that what we're doing, we, God just says, if I stripped it all away and all you had was me, would you still have enough confidence that the power of God's strong enough to make it happen? As you're told all of them and say, you know what, we're not going to eat, we're not going to do all these things, we're going to seek the face of God more than all these Fasting is something that is totally misunderstood by a lot because it's the idea that why, what is the point of going without food? What is the point of just sitting there and, and saying no to myself in a situation like that? It, 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 how many of us have ever made this comment? I've got to eat something. I'm about to starve to... Seriously? If you say that, then you obviously probably don't have a mirror in your house. Most of us are not going to starve to death. But we have that mindset. We have totally been consumed 
with our flesh crying out to us of what we need. If you guys will start picking up on what I'm saying. Our flesh will say, this is what you need. You can't make it. You can't make it. You can't make it. So we've become a, become a, a driven society of getting that quick fix of a candy bar through the register or a sweet tea at McDonald's or Tim Hortons coffee and all, all, all these different things. And we're consumed where we're constantly feeding the flesh. God says, what if I did something that kind of made you and reminded you that what you need most of all is me. Ezra is taking these people that are average people, they're women and children, they're not warriors. It's this outlandish trip that he's taking them on. And he made them know that what they needed was verse 22. So we fasted and besought our God for this. Fasting is a spiritual lesson that teaches us that our flesh is in control. You know how I know that? Try to change something that your flesh likes a lot. Just cut out sugar or caffeine, or Mountain Dew, or whatever your hang-up is. And, and, t- and tell your flesh that, you know what, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to have this. Do you know what begins to happen? Let's just be honest here. You get into a, a bad mood. You get ir- irritable. It's just uh, How many people are like, I-, I can't talk to you right now. I've got to have my coffee. I've got to, you know, whatever it is. It just is a reminder to us of how much our flesh is in control. Let me explain it like this. If our flesh is in control, it means that the Spirit of God is not in control. And if we're going to get anything done, we've got to learn how to set the flesh down and say to the Spirit of God, you have complete control. And one of the tools that God has given us to teach our bodies a lesson, to teach our flesh a lesson, is God gave us fasting. But a lot of times we look at it and say, well, we were going to proclaim a fast, so I'm going to go without food just to walk through the day going, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And God says, no, I want to switch your attention on something else. I want you to say no to yourself and no to your body to realize what's in control. Flipping your Bibles to Romans chapter 7 with me, and I'm going to show you this, what this looks like. And I know that you're not going to disagree with this. I, I, I know my flesh. I don't know your flesh, but I can tell you that I know my flesh. And I can be really consistent with things for two days, and then, then I get off track. Have you, have you ever, uh, we're about to start the new year, and do you know what's going to happen all through everybody's lives? We're going to have a New Year's resolution for all of three days, I promise. It's amazing how we can change a whole lifestyle for, for a couple of days. And the reason why we can't stay on that track of, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to read more or do this less or start exercising, whatever it is, it's because our flesh. And this is what the Bible says in Romans 7 verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. It's not a matter of us not having the mindset this week to say, man, I need to pray, I need to pray, I need to pray, and, and, and all the little reminders that we do. I mean, we, we've got to make prayer a priority, and God, I've got to, but man, our, our minds will go everywhere. Have you ever had that determination, and at the end of the day, you thought, man, I never once stopped to pray? In my mind, I'm determined to do the right thing, but in my flesh, I end up doing the wrong thing. Look at forward, Romans chapter 8, verse 4 again, or another passage. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
For they that are after the flesh do the mind of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. You see, we constantly give into the flesh. And the Bible says, man, you're never going to get anywhere. When you find yourself in the mindset where you're constantly complaining or constantly negative or constantly giving into your flesh or constantly lusting. When you find yourself that is constantly getting irritated at your spouse or at your kids or at the world or at the government or whatever. And it's constantly in agitation. The Bible is telling us that that will bring death to you. You know, you're, you're going to bring it smack into the church. You're going to bring it into your class. You're going to bring it into your family. When we do mind the flesh. And let me say for the record, every one of us is flesh. Every one of us struggle. And every one of us will have deal with this. I promise you. You know who wins every time when our flesh is in control is the devil. We say the wrong things. We don't have the wrong, right type of attitude. I remember being a kid and a teen, just being honest. And I remember having invitations and sitting there counting down because we normally did five verses or whatever. And I'm thinking, I get to eat in one more verse. Don't laugh. Some of you do it too. I know. Some of you, and during the invitation, you're, no, I'm just kidding. You're just, when we have our, our, our so carnal, and, and here we're, we're literally during an invitation talking about souls and, and, and presenting the gospel. And where's our minds? Where's, where's our heart with what we're doing? Here, here's the thing that this is teaching us. Look, look, look at verse 6 again. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. He said, why are you talking about this idea of fasting? And trust me, it's not popular. And trust me, it's not commonplace. And I, I promise you, it's, it's not going to be preached on TV and a lot of the things that we're... It's not something we talk about because who wants to hear a message that goes against everything that makes me happy? But the Bible says right here in this passage that if we are in the mindset to where we cannot say no to the flesh, then we cannot be pleasing God. So I interject to us, how do you change that? Seriously, how, how can you say, Lord, I, I want this week to be different? Lord, I, I, I want a week that I can see the hand of God and then I can experience the presence of God where I can cry out to God and God hear my prayer Honestly, right now, how many, whether they're coming to the pageant, live somewhere else, know of somebody that you're burdened for or have a burden for that's dying and going to hell or going to hell one day? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, most of us. When's the last time that you denied the flesh to seek after the face of God because, Lord, I need you more than I need anything? Ezra did it. I could show you 20 other illustrations through Scripture where they did that. So, Lord, I'm, I'm going to, man, Lord, I, I don't want to. And yet... We will be the first ones to say, man, if things were different, all this other stuff, you know, that we complain about this world and the problems of this world. And God says, you're not even doing what I've asked you to do. You just go along with the flow of this world of everything they're doing. Why don't you stop and challenge us as Christians to say, Lord, this week will be different. Here's what we find according to this. I found out that the spirit of God must be in control. Because it says, but they that are after the Spirit do the things of the Spirit. You see, when the Spirit of God, when I deny my flesh and allow Christ to be elevated in my heart and mind, that's when I start treating other people right when I don't even have it in myself to do it. 
That's when I have patience. Because the fruit of the Spirit is patience. That's when I find out that I can love people that irritate me. Can I get a witness right there? That's how we can, we can have patience to walk into Walmart on the weekend when Christmas is going on and they're backed up the aisle and screaming at it. How many of you have seen the clips of all this? And you say, how can we live as Christians in this world that is so, you know where it is? Filled with the flesh. Well, let me tell you, we are no different if we can't learn through the Spirit of God to say no to our flesh. We might not be beating somebody up in the face for a 42-inch flat screen. But we'll beat people up in the halls of this church or in our lives or our spouses or our kids. We'll lose patience for those that we're working with. You know why? Because we're flesh. The Spirit of God must be in control. But the Spirit of God must be sought. For they that are after the flesh do the minds of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You know how we seek the Spirit over the flesh? Because when we learn to apply things like fasting to say, you know what, no flesh. Today I will bow my knee and pray to my God as opposed to sitting down at a table and feeding my face. I tell you, that's not an easy thing to do. But what would happen in a family, in a church, in a spiritual life of you, to say, I normally don't do that. Normally I'm not on board, and normally I'm not thinking that way, but you know what? I want to see God do something. I want to see the Spirit of God just take control of my church and take control of my role, my song, my, my soundboard, whatever your part is. Say, God, this week I will bow my knee at this time or this day or whatever it is, and seek after the Spirit of God and say no to my flesh. Fasting is simply forcing yourself to focus and rely on God for strength, provision, and wisdom that you need. It's denying self. It's a dependency upon God. It's an outward expression of devotion, of your sincerity to God in seeking His face to do things. Let me read one last verse and then we're going to get into... And continue to pray. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, and this is a passage that many of us know. The Bible says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, speaking directly to those ones that said, Lord, I'll do whatever. I'll follow you. Lord, I want to see a difference. I want to be like you. I'm going to be your disciple. If any man will come after me. All right, it's great. What what, what do you want to see done? You want to see God do great things? You want to see lives changed? You want to see souls saved? You want to see the altar filled? If you want, to, if you want that from me, if any man will come after me, then let him deny himself. You talk about losing your audience? You talk about people who go, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, man, this was great. Deny myself? Take up his cross and follow me. How many of us are true disciples of Christ? See, the cross was a symbol of sacrifice. You know, we're taking up our Christmas offering this weekend. He said, man, that guy, Pastor Tony, does this every year. He gets all excited and everything. Trust me, I'm I'm not getting a cut out of the Christmas offering. You know, man, he's just running around for money and all this. I give just like you do. 
It's not a matter of, oh, man, do you know what it is? I get excited about giving towards something that matters. I want to invest in something that matters. Something that's going to make a difference. And I know this, that the Bible says to give and it shall be given unto you. And I know this, that we will never be able to follow the example of Christ until we learn to give of ourselves. He said, if any man will come after him, let him deny himself and take up his sacrifice. Be willing to take up the cross that God gave us. This is the job, the mission, the cross that God has given us to accomplish. But it cannot happen. It will not happen unless we learn to do what? To deny ourselves and follow him. So this is what I'm asking. I'm not asking for a show of hands. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm, I'm asking you for you to be determined in your heart to say, Lord, this week I will seek the face of God. Be Ezra. Go, go before your family. Go, go before your, your spouse. Go before your friends. Just go before the Lord and say, Lord, I am about to venture into a crazy journey. And God, I, I'm not asking for the hookup from the world. I'm not asking for all the things like Ezra said. I, I don't need your swords and your army. Lord, all I need is you. Lord, when the enemy attacks, Lord, help the power of God to be there. Lord, that's what I want. So he said, I denied myself bowed my knee, and sought after God. And that's my challenge to us as a church.